0: Welcome to Joy Sounds, Music You Need to Know, a weekly podcast presenting the brightest independent artists. I'm your host, Chris Sampson. Joy Sounds is presented in partnership with Music Connection. Music Connection has been an invaluable resource for the music community since 1977. For more information, visit musicconnection.com. In this special two part episode, we feature the songwriting students from the UCLA Herb Albert School of Music. The songwriting classes are offered through the Music Industry Program at UCLA. The Music Industry Programs at UCLA help students understand the practice of music as a profession while connecting them with prominent players within the vibrant Los Angeles music scene. For more information about the UCLA Herb Albert School of Music, please visit schoolofmusic.ucla.edu. In part one of today's show, we'll meet three UCLA songwriters and get to hear their music. Also, we'll get to talk with Natasha Pasternak professor of songwriting at UCLA to hear more about the classes she offers but let's get started by meeting our first UCLA artist Sunjana. Sunjana is a recent graduate and as you'll hear she draws from a wide range of influences to create her own artistic style. It's nice to have you on Joy Sound Sunjana. How are you?
1: I'm so good. How are you?
0: Oh, it's great to talk with you. How would you characterize your style? I I listened to the track that we're going to feature later on, Can I? It's got kind of a funk vibe to it. It seems like it's a mixture of influences. How would you describe your style?
1: I think that's a great way to say it, a mixture of influences. (laughs) A mixture of genres, too. So I would say it's singer-songwriter, soul-pop, indie. I don't know. So each song, I think, is different. But this single that we're going to play today is... I would say like soul pop definitely has influences of funk in there, so I can see why you would say
0: that. Yeah, I got it. And you mentioned that every song you say is a bit different, and you're referring to the EP that you have out, "Water I'll Grow." When when did you release this EP? And tell us a little bit more about it.
1: I released that EP in June, mid June, June twenty or end of June, June twenty sixth. It has five tracks and they all kind of the general theme is about self growth and introspection. And I think each song is different. I have some acoustic tracks on there. I have some more produced up tracks like Can I?
0: Have you had a chance in our social distance pandemic world that we're sort of navigating right now, in which you released the EP, to be able to follow up the EP with, I don't know, some streaming performances? Or have you connected with fans in other ways?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I've been on Instagram Live a bunch playing um, the songs live on there, but I haven't done any formalized live performance just because I feel like Instagram is so accessible and I can directly connect with people who are listening to my music through there. And it's been really fun that way.
0: For our Joy Sounds listeners who do want to follow you, where can they find you on Instagram?
1: It's at Sanj Music, so S-A-N-J Music on Instagram.
0: Did these songs off the EP Water, I'll Grow emerge from your writing that you did while attending UCLA. You're a recent graduate, right?
1: Yes. So some of the songs are for sure when I was at UCLA. In fact, one of the songs is literally about graduating from UCLA okay.
2: <laughs>
3: and the feelings
1: around that, you know, leaving friends and how it's a little bit difficult navigating the adult world after that. Um, and so I think a couple of songs were written during the time when I was in a songwriting class with Professor Pasternak, it was really helpful to have that sounding board to help me, you know, figure out if something's working or not. I've written with a bunch of the students in that songwriting class. None of those songs are on this EP, but I did make a lot of friends through that. And I have some friends that I still write with from that class. So it definitely has created like more of a sense of collaboration in me, which is amazing.
0: So what are your aspirations moving forward?
1: I think my main goal is to just be able to make a living and be able to really tour. I think that's my main thing is I want to tour and play my songs for people. It doesn't really matter to me if it's like 30 people in a room or more than that. You know, if there's people who are there who are listening and I'm able to do it full time, that would be amazing. And obviously having people who are able to connect to my music and relate to it and lean on it in difficult times
0: why don't we check out your track from your Amazing. latest ep water i'll grow Sunjana? thank you so much it's been great talking with you
1: thank you so much uh, thank you for having me
0: this is can i by Sunjana here on joy sounds mm-hmm. and that was Can I? by Sunjana. Our next songwriter from the UCLA Herb Operate School of Music is Hayden Everett. Hayden is a very thoughtful writer who wants to make a positive impact with his music by bringing attention to the environment and other important issues. Welcome to Joy Sounds, Hayden. Thank you so much. Stoked to be here. Are you currently a student or an alum? I am, yeah. I'm
4: finishing up my, my last year right now as a jazz piano performance major and minoring in music industry, so got that. That side of stuff as well.
0: The track that you're sharing with us is called Kennecott. and I checked it out. It's got a very Bonnie Iver kind of vibe to it. It's very atmospheric. It's really a, a great sound. So, what's the story behind this track?
4: Yeah, so this song is about uh, an abandoned Alaskan mining town called Kennicott, um, and it was abandoned in the 1930s. And so we. Me and my friend uh, Adam Carpenter wrote this song kind of as a letter to the miners from the perspective of the town. Mm. Um, It's commentary on materialism and the miners exploiting the beauty rather than observing it and protecting Mm. it. Mm. Um, And it's, I think it's a story that we're bringing back because the, the, you know, the story has a long history, but um, I think it's a really important story to tell and has so much re- relevance now, even though it happened
0: 100 years ago. That's for sure. Where did you come across this subject matter?
4: We stumbled upon it while we were in the beginning stages of writing the song. We, we had a guitar part written and my friend Adam was like, all right, let's, let's name the song first before we do anything else, before we write any lyrics, let's just name this song. And I was like, that's kind of a cool order of operations switch sure. up.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
4: And uh, and so we were just thinking about like, what does this, what does this song look like um, just visually? And it, it reminded me a lot of like an abandoned snowy town. And so we kind of just went down a rabbit hole of like, of history of these towns, just reading about these really cool places. And the one that that captivated us most was the story of Kennecott and kind of the implications that came with that. And Switching the gears from like just visually what it sounds like, more to like, wow, this could be a really powerful environmental message. I definitely plan on on going to Kennecott soon, and I would love to, yeah. to to shoot a maybe a live session there or something.
0: Has this been a theme in your writing to write about? Some version of current events, social justice, um, environmental awareness—is that—is that sort of part of your artistry?
4: Absolutely, I think that's always going to be my quest: is to be able to impact people towards growth and change in a better world through sound. And I think right now, like there are so many things to be sung about that are that are vitally important. The climate crisis is certainly really urgent, and so this EP is largely about how we can better absorb and observe beauty and how we can experience awe more often because we're so desensitized to the beauty around us. And there's so much wonder to be had every single day. A lot of this EP came from my own frustration with myself being unable to experience awe at what's around me. And then kind of like the process of like, how do we actually get to a place where we're captivated by the small details and the and the big details around us.
0: And even beyond your lyric writing, it seems to affect your arrangements and composition sonic qualities of your music. It's very atmospheric. Are you making that connection between your lyrical content and the musical content because it seems to really support each other?
4: I'm psyched that you hear that. Yeah, I that's a huge thing for me is like I think the the test that I have for my music is like when it's towards the final stages I'll take it out just on like a backpacking trip or out on the trail and like does it stand the test of being heard in that place when it's next to natural beauty, like, is it taking away? Like, should I just be listening to the sounds? Or like, does it fit in this environment? And so I think, yeah, I always want my my songs to to feel like the
0: outdoors. So you say you're nearing your uh, graduation at UCLA. Mm-hmm. So what does the future look like?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely want to be able to do this full time, and I expect to. I'm gonna hold myself to that. I also definitely just getting more. Chops with production. I think like playing on other people's stuff and producing for other people is definitely something I'm down to do.
0: This track that we're about to play, Canicot, is it part of a larger piece of work, an EP perhaps?
4: Yes, it is. Yeah, it's it's part of a five-track EP that is to be determined release really date, but uh it's it's coming up and yeah, it touches on a lot of this the same themes throughout. And I, I also expect it to to be on a on a full-length album at some point in the future as well. Best way to stay tuned is probably just on Instagram. I'm I'm at Hayden.mp3.
0: Well, Hayden, it's been a pleasure to get to get to know you and to get a chance to hear your music. We wish you nothing but success in the future. Thank you so much, Chris. It's been been awesome to talk. And this is Hayden Everett with Kennicott here on Joy Sounds.
3: Wait until the money's up I'm telling you there's not enough It's easier to let you down It's the last time, it's the last time i yeah. Time to tell you biting on a better say Seems like a good time to sell you out. I'm change.
0: And that was Kennicott by UCLA songwriter Hayden Nevrit. Now let me take a moment and tell you about our co-sponsor, Music Connection. Through its daily website, weekly newsletter, and monthly print magazine, Music Connection caters to artists, musicians, industry pros, and support services. For years, Music Connection has been known for discovering new talent by reviewing unsigned artists, both through its live performance reviews and critiques of recordings. Music Connection never charges a fee for its reviews. Known for years as the musician's bible, Music Connection bridges the gap between the street and the elite. It exists to serve artists and music makers of all genres, offering connections to the unconnected, and to provide expert, cutting-edge information that can help you take your music to the next level. Whether offering tips on raw survival or exclusive contact lists of industry pros like managers and label representatives, Music Connection is an acclaimed, proven resource for the professional and semi-pro musician. Check it out at musicconnection.com. Now let's meet Natasha Pasternak, professor of songwriting at the UCLA Herb Alpert School of Music, to learn more about our classes and approach to teaching. It's so nice to have you on Joy Sounds, Natasha.
5: Thank you so much for having me. Glad to be here.
0: Great to have you. And it's so wonderful to get a chance to meet some of your students and, and hear their work. They are clearly so inspired and so energized and so into what they do. It's 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 contagious.
5: Yeah, I think as a lecturer and professor, you come in with a certain idea of what you're going to teach as you get a new class every quarter. And something I've Come to learn is, is actually they create their own energy and they create their own vibe and they start inspiring me and giving back to me just as much um, in that program. And you realize, oh, this is a, a give and take space and it's really cool. I get re inspired in a different way every quarter, um, depending on just the vibe or the student or the talents that come through the door. Sophia, who you spoke with earlier, so- Sophia James, she was in my advanced class and the first time she played a song, I Cried (laughs) just because I was so moved by young passion and young inspiration. And I've been doing this uh, professionally since I was 16. So. A long time. And to still get floored and inspired at this point in my career is I just feel super lucky to be in that space.
0: And that's the best teaching dynamic that you could hope for is is that you're getting as much in return as you hope you're giving to them. Right.
5: And it gives me like so much hope, you know, as a professional in the industry, you grind it out, you do, you know, you make it happen for yourself and there's a lot of obstacles and a lot of things happening, a lot of moving parts. But to see that young passion from all the students you had um, on the show and the students I teach now just reaffirms that this is my passion and reaffirms that there is a generation of musicians coming up that are just exciting and just as innovative as generations um, before. So
0: So tell me a little bit about what the songwriting course offerings are.
5: We have two courses. I split it up into two parts. There's sort of the beginner class and the advanced, the the basic idea of the two. Uh, I started with just one class and realized I was trying to teach so many different levels at the same time that I wasn't able to advance anyone as far as I needed them to if I went too far with the more advanced students within this class, then the beginners would be left behind. And then if I was going too slow, the advanced really wouldn't get anything out of the class or not anything, but not as much as I would want them to. And so I approached my boss, Robert Fink, and asked him if we could talk about getting two classes going, where I have an intro class that anyone can take, it's totally open, and then doing an advanced class. Whereas it's by audition only and that way I could hand curate this advanced class and just really focus in on being a professional and getting it sort of up to the standard that I felt like would be important for kids coming out of the program. So that's kind of how it's set now and then I have a summer course that is the six weeks of an intro course. We also just launched a teen uh, intensive songwriting week last summer It was supposed to be in person but transitioned very quickly on online. That was my first experience of online education. So that was educational.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah.
5: Um, The learning curve for all of us. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, so that's how things are sitting right now. And and it's been really great because I have a lot of students coming from my um, my intro class, auditioning for the advanced class, and a lot of them moving into that class. So there's this whole graduated programming that has gone into it as well, which is really fun and exciting for me.
0: That's great. And as I understand it, in the structure of the School of Music, the songwriting classes fall within the music industry offerings. Yes. And yeah. so is that also part of the goal is to make sure that they understand the business components, the, the sort of career opportunities or strategies that are connected with songwriting?
5: Absolutely. I approach both my classes as if the student is an entrepreneur Uh, This day and age in the music industry, it's really difficult to be like, I'm just an artist. I mean, it sounds really nice, but I don't think it's a realistic thing. You have to wear many hats and you have to have a broad understanding of everything that's going on and everything that goes into being successful in the industry. Um, I feel like we'd really be doing the students a disservice not to show them that and and to expose them to that part of it because you could write a great song, but if you don't have the hustle or the understanding of how things work it's going to be really rough for a long time before you figure out the moving pieces
0: the other interesting thing that we're seeing from the students that we're featuring on the episodes um, here is is that you also have to accommodate a wide range of styles and influences so in the same class you've got hip-hop artists you've got country artists you've got indie artists you've got jazz artists And I'm just wondering how you navigate creating the space to allow all of these genres and styles to take place, but still provide the continuity of instruction across all of them.
5: Yeah, um, it's kind of interesting as I was approaching, starting to work the school and building this program, because previous to this, I was a professional musician. Um, I wasn't directly involved with education. And uh, I mean, my father was a teacher and ran his own school. So I was definitely saturated in that world in a different way. But as I was approaching putting together this class, a lot of my colleagues in the industry are like, how do you teach songwriting? How do you teach someone to become an artist? Like, what does that mean? And luckily for me, on the other side, my mother is a musician. So I grew up, um, she's a professional musician. I would go on tour with her. So I grew up very much saturated in that world. She exposed me to tons of different types of music, um, which really helped build my understanding of what makes a good song, no matter what genre. And so I just come from a very basic place in the sense of: Are you telling your truth? Is there truth there? Whether it be jazz, hip hop, rap, country, if you're telling your truth within your art, that's a really wonderful place to start. And then we build out from there. Some, you know, aspects of, let's say, hip hop. I'm not like privy to the cool like things but i'll be like i know this sounds off from the previous things i've been exposed to let's try and discover how to correct it and i just have a very good understanding of what people are capable of and what they might be holding back i can pick up on those things really quickly just from all, all the years of my experience in the indus- industry so it's interesting and i also like feel more and more and i, I don't know how you feel about this but genres are kind of ceasing to exist and there's a lot of like influence on e- genres influencing each other which is really exciting so I don't really focus on genre weirdly I don't really like think of it as separate I think of it as one
0: we'll talk more with Natasha in part two of this special feature on the songwriters from the UCLA Herb Alpert School but let's meet another student songwriter from the program Gabe Dybel is an ethnomusicology major at UCLA who is recording his capstone project on a vintage Tascam four-track cassette recorder. Welcome to Joy Sounds. Gabe, it's nice to meet you.
6: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: You were telling me off mic that you chose uh, to pursue musicology as a major at UCLA, which is, I I know UCLA's got a renowned musicology program, so I can understand that. Specifically, what made you gravitate towards that?
6: What was really important to me is just like, the education that you get from going to college i didn't want to just focus in on like performance and not learn anything about the ways that music interacts with the world and culture and politics so I was drawn to the scholarship, like I said, but also drawn to, you know, just learning about music's place in the world outside of just the uh, the artistic. Describe sort of the music
0: scene that's on campus, not just the scene that sort of happens within the classroom, but I'm, I'm interested in the dynamic of the songwriting and performances that sort of happen in and around UCLA.
6: I met a lot of really cool uh, ethno majors, uh, ethnomusicology majors, and a lot of really cool jazz performance majors, which... They were all, like, some of the coolest people. One of my um, good friends, he interns at Sound City. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And he, he was, like, I showed him my music, and he just fell in love with my voice, and we started working together. And actually, right now, we're collaborating... Well, it's, it's my project, but he's helping me. I got this old um, Tascam Portis studio, and I've been... what The one with the cassette tape? Exactly, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, so I got one of those, and uh, uh, because of the pandemic, we haven't really been able to work on anything, but right now that's sort of like my senior uh, thesis or capstone is like making this album through the Tascam and kind of limiting myself to just four tracks. And the thing that attracted me, to the, the quality that attracted to me to the Tascam is that it's like all done by ear rather than having the visual uh, Daw showing you all the sound And I thought that was just like, oh, that's so cool, you know?
0: Those constraints yeah. of only having four tracks kind of puts you
6: into artistic decision-making
0: that's very different. You have to commit artistically, don't you?
6: Exactly. And it, it really it's a lot working within you know, very like like how do how do I create textures with very little? So, you know, I've been I, I was never um I took choir in high school but I never really learned how to harmonize with myself that well. So it's been a process of starting to learn how to do that and kind of create those textures and doing them appropriately and then also having guitars kinda of like what Elliot Smith would do where you'd have multiple guitar parts like interweave with each other to create uh, m- more body to the sound. Just to get back to your question, I'd say like I, I met a lot of people who were just phenomenal musicians and singers and completely uh, just like blew me away in terms of musicality and musicianship. Then there's a lot of people who are very new to just playing instruments and some people who were songwriting didn't even know how to do anything but sing. But it opened me up to have new perspectives about what songwriting could be and what a songwriter is. Because nowadays, you know, we have a lot of music being made on laptops and in DAWs, and people making beats and, and more thoroughly produced music. And typically, um, my songwriters class uh, during winter quarter kind of show me that those people are as much of a songwriter as I am. It's just a different, a different way of approaching that sort of idea.
0: And you're going to share one of your songs with us. You're going to share Let's Run Away. So tell me a little bit about this song. How did it come to be? My professor
6: uh, basically gave us listen to, for the week, listen to Sgt. Pepper. And write a song based off of listening to it. I like Sgt. Pepper, but my favorite album is The White Album. (laughs) It's probably like, you know, I think one of the greatest pieces of music ever made. But um, so I was just listening to that on repeat, and I was trying to write this other song. I was on the piano, and I'm not as good at piano as I am at guitar. um, So it's a lot of me. It's just kind of jumbling around and trying to find the notes and figuring stuff out. But um, I was just getting so frustrated with this song. It wasn't coming together, it didn't really have uh, a real sense of what it wanted to be. So I was just like, oh, whatever, I'll pick up the guitar. And I started playing that kind of descending A minor. It's not an A minor, but because I have a cape on it, but those shapes, because I'd been learning yeah. like uh, some jazz standards, like My Funny Valentine and that kind of way that that the, the both the melody and the lyrics reflect what's going on in music, these kind of descending and ascending patterns. So I basically sat down and I started doing that. And then within 10 minutes, I had the whole song complete. Um, and it was like, you know, the I think that people always say it's like those are the songs that like the most special that they're kind of the most to me it's the most me it's the it's the point where the in the inspiration is like right on top of the 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 construction of it and it just blends to make this really uh to me it makes this really it just flows it's very fluid and the song feels fluid I like to think that my my whole my whole time in that class led me to write that song because it felt like such like this is the pinnacle of, of at least who I am at that, who I was at that moment as a songwriter. Like it was everything I'd learned in the past few months kind of coalesced into this uh, hole.
0: So this is Let's Run Away by Gabe Dibel here on Joy Sounds.
3: of her life What did she say Did she grab all the clothes and hate Did she crawl through the yard past the windows cars find that she just can't escape She's caught in a room She's hoping to meet you by noon Let's run away Let's run away train pick you up just for fun Have you rode it all night Through the pink powdered light Have you waited here most of your life She's caught in a room And she's hoping to meet you by noon Let's run away Let's run away She say Cigarettes while the world slips away But she crawled through your door past the window ashore to find that she just can't
0: escape. That was Gabe Dibble with his song "Let's Run Away." And this wraps up part one of our feature on the songwriters from the UCLA Herb Alpert School of Music. In part two, we'll feature student artists Sophia James, Krista Marina, and Seiji Yoda. We'll also continue our conversation with Professor of Songwriting Natasha Pasternak. Be sure to check it out. A special thanks to the Dean of the UCLA Herb Alpert School of Music, Eileen Strumpel, and Executive Director of Development. Ava Cedropor for their support in making these episodes possible. For more information about the UCLA Herb Alpert School of Music, please visit schoolofmusic.ucla.edu. This is Chris Sampson saying thanks for listening, and I'll look forward to having you for part two of our feature on songwriters from UCLA here on Joy Sounds, music you need to know.